0: This is the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast.
1: In this series, we'll talk to them, get to know them, and learn from them. And here's your host, DJ Bevo.
0: Going to do something different this time. Uh, We're talking to a radio DJ. When I say radio DJ, I'm not talking about the guy that goes, all right, coming up, your chance to win a whole stack of cash. We're talking about a DJ that mixes, radio mixes, for the radio you've probably heard him on a station near you on the hit network it is dj
1: konski hello mate bevo morning afternoon evening whatever time uh, everyone gets to listen to this mate it's a pleasure to be on uh excited to chat mate
0: yeah this is very cool because you're one of the rare uh, djs that get the opportunity to put your mixes on the radio um compared to most djs that have to do it live in front of a crowd um how did you like get into the whole mashup thing? Is it because you've got a radio background? Is that sort of how it came about?
1: Uh, I think that's the the token reason for it. Um, quick background on my thing: I wanted to be a songwriter. Oh, did you? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I did all my theory exams and keyboard and piano. Um, and my first actual training and, and job experience was uh, in Melbourne. I don't know if you remember the band uh, CDB. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: I, I had a promotion when I started in radio, <laughs> CCDB with Lee. <laughs> uh,
1: that is amazing. Um, and I, I actually use uh, Andrew De Silva, who's the lead uh, frontman for CDB, to yeah. to do our vocals on R&B Fridays. Um, oh, cool which is which is wicked. So yeah, I started doing um production and uh songwriting in their studio. Um and by default, I had two of my best mates from high school uh had this stupid idea to do a community radio show and needed to do a demo and I was the uh token one with some recording equipment. So we did uh well they did the demo with me. I'd tag along. They did this breakfast show at 6 a.m. on the weekend, um, we'd make some skits and I fell in love with the craft and then production began. And, uh, you know, I used to love um, – so they were one of those aspirant stations that were all about dance. Which um, station was that? Was that Kiss? Oh, mate, it's that long ago. I can't I, remember. Okay. It, uh, so, you know, you had those aspirant stations. You yeah. had your Wilds. Yeah, um, I was on
0: Wild FM in Brisbane,
1: yeah. And so the, the, you'd hear the um the wild mega mixes and I was just like, oh, this is sick. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to do something like that. So, uh, you know, I had a good pitch, you know, really fortunately a natural uh, flair for pitch control. And uh, so my first foray into it was, um, I don't know if you've ever used it, was a program called Sonic Foundry Acid.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah.
1: And you could do essentially uh, warping uh, and morphing in acid to create these little mixes. So I'd, I'd make them for the aspirant station. Um, and that's how it all began and it continues today.
0: Yeah, well, these days you're, you're, you're the head of production for the uh, uh, Southern Cross Stereo Network. Uh, a, a big title to have the, your introduction to commercial radio. Do you remember how it all happened?
1: Oh, I do, mate. I actually, um, I have a Bachelor of Business. I did it as a safety net. You know, one of those things where you finish high school and you're like, I, I really should do something as a, as a fail safe. Um, I did that. I worked in HR for Meyer for a few years and I hated it. It just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I would, mate, I would take annual leave from my day job to go and fill in for commercial production or casual footy production at Triple M and, and Fox until a job opportunity came up. Um, went for the interview. I was lucky to have it. I, I actually started late into radio. I know that a lot of guys probably start, you know, 18 and what have you. Uh, I didn't start until I was 24.
0: Yeah, right. Okay
1: um, so that was my first gig. Uh, and then literally I was only, I did commercial production for about a year. And then, uh, my mate, Craig Bruce gave me a call and said, do you want to come and do the hot 30? Cause I did some guest mixes on the hot 30. I just put, I put my hand up from day dot to saying, Hey, can I, um, just, I want the experience. Here's a couple of examples of what I can do just to say, Hey, you know, the, the work's, good enough. Um, and it's actually the mixes that got me my, my leg in the door for the hot 30 back then. Um, and then mate, uh, it was f- talk about a flashback. So then it was, um, a young super talented Craig Lowe that was at the helm of, uh, the hot 30 and yes. we were making, um, so my daily routine was, uh, I'd get up, I'd make two mashups for the night show, um, head into work, uh, do my job for the Hot thirty, and it was literally, uh, I think, ten to twelve mashups a week. Wow! So that, uh, so that got me up to speed really quick with um, with turning it around.
0: Yeah, that would have been a, a pretty intense time. I mean, Lowy was uh, nationwide uh, around the country and and a really big name. And was he was he quite demanding to work for? Because I know he was he was very um, fast paced with what he did.
1: It's not demanding. Uh, he was creatively Creative, obsessed. Creative, yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, and that obsessed word, uh, design obsessed, um, you know, just, just throwing out the rule book, challenging, you know, how can we morph different genres of music into, into imaging? Um, he loved to sketch, he loved to sing. Um, so I look back on that, although, you know, you worked your butt off, um, they were long hours. It actually, it crafted whether you were in audio, whether you were a producer, for example, on the show, it really crafted you into being able to tackle a a lot of obstacles.
0: When you're um, putting your mixes together, do you um, listen sometimes to a song and go, oh, that reminds me of this song. And then you try and blend the two together to see if it's like seamless almost.
1: Uh, I'm sure you are exactly the same, right? You'll be in the car listening to something or listening to something subconsciously in the background and you'll automatically start singing another tune to that. Yes. And then you go and quickly jump into tools or Ableton logic, whatever you use and you, and it, and it happens. Um, that, that part's pretty freaky, but it, it, the, you're a walking, talking mashup machine wherever you go.
0: One that's I've always wanted to try, but I've never had the chance to, is there's a, a breakdown in China Phillips, I Live For You, and uh, Vibe, Warm Summer Days. It's got a very similar sound, but I've never been able to quite get it right. So there's a little challenge for you, Konski. See if you can um get the breakdown in that China Phillips song to uh, match up with
1: uh to
0: Vibe, Warm Summer Days. You know the songs
1: I'm talking about, don't you? I know the songs, and yeah. you know what? Once we're done with this chat. <laughs> yeah. You uh, like
0: a good challenge. <laughs> you can
1: you can put this in post. Yeah. We'll make it happen.
0: Oh, fantastic. DJ Kotsky, <laughs> put on the spot. Um, so these days, you've, you've moved on from acid. Um, it sounds like I'm talking about a drug, but no, we're talking about a, uh, a bit of software, a DAW, digital audio workstation. You're more familiar with Pro Tools. Do you, you're loving Pro Tools? You love how flexible it is and what you can do with it?
1: Yeah, look, it's one of those things where you grow up with it um, so it's a seamless approach, uh, for long form mixes, I will, uh, use, uh, Ableton just for the simplicity of, of warp mode, um, tempo matching Pro Tools does have that functionality. Um, but for the intricacies of, of the mashups, for example, that I make for the guys on hit, there's so many acapellas, uh, instrumental bits. Uh, so the ease of view and editing, um, Pro Tools is so quick with that.
0: And where do you find, like, the acapellas and all that sort of stuff? Is there special places you can, you know, get the songs stripped back to the vocals? Uh,
1: look, if you don't, it's, it's not always that you get access to it. Obviously, you know, if I need something, uh, you know, we'll put a request out to, And that's just purely from a radio station um, standpoint we can put in requests. But otherwise I subscribe to sites, um, whether it's Digital Music Pool, Uh, you know, I'll stream YouTube, uh, whether it's some Reddit pages, if I, if I'm really searching, but my one go to tool, if I need for a quick little DIY will be, um, a plugin by Isotope. it's called RX eight and it has a uh, music rebalance on it. So essentially you can, uh, choose to either strip it for the instrumental or you can strip it for the vocal. And then it's just some selective, uh, EQing, uh, and some little delays and reverbs to hide any imperfections from a diy wow
0: that's getting very technical um a lot of the uh live guys are going oh wow this guy's awesome he does it all in production your um your ability to, to perform live you do a few uh corporate gigs as well don't you not only in the production studio but you get out in, in front of a live crowd to to get the buzz happening
1: i do love that intermittently um you know i was lucky to probably get out four or five times a year to do that the day jobs uh super busy obviously you have to be a hubby and a dad at the same time yeah um but getting out getting the crowd going um using some of the uh, obviously now with um with pads on on the cdjs you can you know you can almost know what you can craft together for uh, for a live mashup. So having an acapella ready to go, um, you know, playing with your delays, your reverbs, your echoes, your phases. That part I love. Um, I miss it, uh, but I'm not craving getting out there doing um, doing gigs at this stage.
0: Well, it sounds like you, you're a, a true master when it comes to the live performance and actually doing it live. I, I, I do hear there's a lot of... DJs out there that pose as if they're DJs, but their mixes are pre-recorded uh, and they just get up and, and pretend they're playing it. Um, how how did that come about, do you reckon? Like, it's just
1: crazy. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing, you know, and the way that they get caught out is you see these YouTube videos of them having one fader up. Uh, and look they want to entertain. I'm not, I'm not here to throw stones. Um, maybe they're not confident, uh, performing live. They, they love something that they've crafted themselves or in some cases, mate, um, you know, there's ghost producers that do all these mixes. Um, and you know, unfortunately when we talk about where the economy's at at the moment, uh, once things open up, um, you know those DJs that really do have, have spent their their time and money on on working on their craft uh, really do deserve the opportunity to to have these live gigs because um, that's that's their passion
0: when you uh talk about uh wild fm and hearing the mega mixes that you heard from uh, alex k on that had you had the chance to meet alex uh, over the years
1: haven't met Alex because Alex uh, was a Sydney guy. Um, but the one person that I was fortunate to have as a colleague and uh, now is a great mate is DJ Casey Baker. Yes. Um, Casey used to do some production. He used to be the Today FM Image producer. Um, and his work still to this day, hands down, as a as an energy producer, as a house producer and DJ, uh, he can still – mix it with the best age is not a barrier, but you know, in terms of inspiration for me, what I do, Bevo, um, is really, it's a finicky little intricate kind of thing where it's a lot of pitch control with, with multiple acapellas and instrumentals. So there wasn't really anyone to doing that mold besides, I'm sure we've all heard of uh, DJ earworm who has the, who had those big end of year mashups, and I remember at the time going, "Man, that sounds so bloody cool, but I want to do that, and I want to do it better yeah. it wasn't It wasn't a competition, it was more so no one's doing it here, yeah um, and why do we have to wait till the end of the year? Why can't we have that here in Australia so uh, you know, my break into having the mixes. And I, re- I wasn't searching for the, for the DJ Konski on air persona. It was more so I wanted to create some. It was it came to me going, can anyone do some mixes? Actually, I remember, um, you know, there's this. It's an artist's birthday. Can we do a DJ mix? Um, and I remember putting my hand up, and they loved it. Then the, you know there was a craving for more because. There wasn't anything like that on air at the time, you know, where you could probably cram, you know, 12 minutes of songs into six minutes creatively.
0: It must be a very, uh, how how should I say this, time consuming task because people think, uh, you know, it goes for so many, uh, it only goes for six minutes or whatever. So they think, oh, yeah, he's just in his bedroom with the DJ decks and mixing up. It'd be a very time consuming task to put a six minute tight mixed together wouldn't
1: it? it it comes together quick if there's no restrictions so okay. if you know what genre that you're working with so if, if you know you're doing a straight r&b or or a pop and you have control of tempos and then you can you know for me a, a quick one while the ear is a great tool where i can naturally say hey this will work um i still need to go back to uh things like mixed in key where I will batch, uh, export um, the songs that are in our library and and key match up just to make it easy. Yep. Um, And then, you know, I'll probably spend the end of year mashup, for example, that I I do um, because work's been so busy. I I generally leave it to the last minute and I'll try and cram it in probably for three nights and spend about four hours on each time. So, yeah, the end of year one probably takes about 12 hours. Yeah. But on on average, uh, you know, to whip up a mash-up in Pro Tools, I'll probably spend an hour – I've got it down pat now.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, when when do you actually
1: uh, – At the start, mate, it was – I could probably find myself after four hours going, really? (laughs) (laughs) We've just done – this all right we've got, we got to move on mate. Yeah. Very. And we we're we're all there we're all there because it it starts as a hobby and it's a good distraction to have that that creative process. You know when you find yourself you look at that clock and you go damn I've I've been doing this for hours. You're having fun. Yeah, let's see. You you're, you're learning um I still love learning till this day, every day. We've
0: got a, uh, a Facebook page where people can check out how you put your mixes together. You, you would have heard the uh, recent one that I uh, posted up on a group from DJ... Oh, I can't even think of the guy's name, but he was had Nickelback in it, talking about pants around his feet, and he loves pants and stuff like that, which, um, <laughs> I don't know, you can get, get some pretty creative stuff happening, can't you?
1: Uh, you know the guy I'm talking about? Let's, yes, Let's Not Can Nickelback. I am partial to a couple of Nickelback songs. Yeah. Um, I've actually been hearing some awesome uh, Nickelback parodies around uh, around COVID. So oh,
0: perfect.
1: However you do it, mash it up, uh, smash it up in a parody. Um, I'm all for the creative process.
0: Awesome stuff. Dave Kotsky, DJ Kotsky. thanks for joining us. On the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast, mate, uh, hopefully I'll get along and see a corporate gig of yours if I can get a you know, backstage pass or something if I'm not in that corporate crew. <laughs> oh,
1: mate, when, when we can uh, leave Melbourne and, and head up to uh, Bris Vegas, yep. uh, we're doing it. The Australian Mobile DJ Podcast was hosted by DJ Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions.